1: The word almighty in the Greek means the one who holds everything. It is a nail-pierced hand that holds your life. It is a nail-pierced hand that holds the universe. The Hebrew says literally, horns were from his hand, and there he veiled his power. Horns of powerful light shining from the hole in his hand. The nail-pierced hands of Jesus hold the power to heal They hold the power to save, the power to lead, to guide, and to keep you at the end of time.
0: That's Pastor Michael Oxentaco, and this is Reaching Your Heart. Here in Reaching Your Heart, we believe that God answers prayer. If you need prayer, you can call at any time, 24-7, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. Someone is standing by right now to take your phone call. Today on Reaching Your Heart, we are bringing you the conclusion to number 11 in the Cosmic Controversy series entitled, The Sealed Scroll and the Secret Song. Now, if you missed any portion of the first part of this broadcast, you can find it online at reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening today, and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Here's Pastor Michael Tenko.
1: How can a being who is eternal in power and timeless in nature give of himself In time and really sacrifice? How can a being who is eternal in power and timeless in nature really know what it's like to give to where it hurts? How can the God who has everything really give anything? And how can a God who commands love really love? The whole creation looked like a cosmic scandal and God was framed by the tyrant to be a tyrant by Satan. How can eternity be selfless? it would seem to be that there is no answer to this question. Is there no more to God than his power and eternal nature? Then sooner or later, the songs will end, and heaven's worship will fizzle into silence. The black hole of a universe without worship will be the outcome of an answer that cannot be questioned. And so the universe was gripped in the throes of a cosmic challenge for worship. Is there no more to God than these two songs? Is there no more to sing than the song of timelessness and the song of power? Is there no more to God than this? And where can the music go when these two songs cannot create a new sense of love for God? Is God hollow inside? And is God nothing more than an animated piece of dynamite that has no moral heart or soul to Him? At the heart of the great controversy is the question, who is like God and what is God like? In the land of song, the land of heaven became a place of weeping because worship can only go so far inside your head if that is all there is of God in the lyrics and the song. At this point, John's eye is directed to the very throne of God where a mystery is locked within a scroll with seven seals that holds a secret song that cannot be sung unless someone opens the scroll of heaven's hymnal. Heaven's hymnal is shut with seven seals. There is a secret song that cannot be sung, and no one has the power to open it. Revelation 5, one, And I saw on the right hand of him who was seated on the throne a scroll written within and on the back, sealed with seven seals, and I saw a strong angel proclaim with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and break its seals? And no one in heaven or on earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look into it. And I wept much that no one was found worthy to open the scroll or to look into it clear in the context that the scroll belongs to God. His strong right hand holds it. It is written on both sides like the tables of stone, the Ten Commandments. The scroll belongs to the throne because the throne is the heavenly ark of the covenant. And this covenant scroll that belongs to God in the most holy place held a mystery and a secret song that no one could sing unless someone was strong enough to open it. Is there any more to God than just the song of His eternal nature? and his almighty being. Is there any more to God than that? Is there any more to sing than the songs of timelessness and power? And so no one was found worthy to open the scroll with seven seals in heaven above or earth or under the earth. And so imagine the scene. Here's John. As John is in that heavenly scene, and he sees heaven as a place to pity, he begins to weep for the tragedy of a universe that cannot move forward in worship. In Revelation 5, verse 5, we have the scene, Then one of the elders said to me, Weep not, lo, the Lion of the tribe of Judah, the Root of David, is conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. One of the elders who never ceases to sing about God's power suddenly stops singing to address a weeping John. The land of song is broken by the sound of the prophets weeping at the scene of a stunted song, a universe that cannot progress an earthly observer, overcome with heaven's sad predicament, weeps for the pain that heaven is experiencing. Who can open the scroll and who can see inside? Who can really see inside of God? And who can declare what is deep inside of Him? And who can read the mystery the secret song deep within the scroll? There is a transition in these verses from power to moral praise. There is a transition from the old universal order to a new era. This is the point in the history of the universe where heaven has discovered that there is a secret song that is no longer secret. The mystery of God has been open for the universe. The scene of majesty and power is suddenly broken by a sense of tragedy and triumph, mingled into one hero who stands suddenly upon the scene as the answer to the challenge. A new being enters the sanctuary in heaven. All eyes are fixed on him in prophetic vision. He holds the unique credentials to open the scroll. The elder who just ceased his song of power, who ended his old song, suddenly he says, Weep not, lo, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, is conquered so that he can open the scroll and its seven seals. Now, dear heart, there's no doubt about it in the book of Revelation. There's only one person who has the power to overcome, and that person is Jesus Christ. If you're trying to overcome in your own power, there's no way. If you're trying to overcome because of what you know and what you do, but not in who you know, then you're not going to overcome at all. He is the hero. Jesus leaves no doubt as to who the lion lamb is. In Revelation twenty two sixteen. he is the root of David. Jesus says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to you with this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David. The bright and morning star. That makes him the lion lamb of Revelation 5. The root of David is a lamb. And the root of David is also a lion. Two natures merge into one in Jesus. The lamb is a sacrificed victim. The lion is a conquering, powerful giant. At no time in the past has a lion been a lamb. At no time in the past had a lamb journeyed from the altar... Of sacrifice to the Ark of the Covenant inside the most holy place. It never happened. Lambs die at the altar and they never come back. So, what is a lamb doing at the Ark of the Covenant of God's throne in the most holy place of the heavenly sanctuary, standing like a priest? The credentials of the lion lamb are described in the verses that follow. Verse 6 And between the throne and the four living creatures and among the elders, I saw a lamb standing. I mean, the drama of those verses. I saw a lamb standing as though it had been slain with seven horns with seven eyes which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. There are three qualifications the lion lamb possesses that gives him the unique right to open the scroll and to unlock the secret song within. Let's very briefly look at those three qualifications found in this verse. Qualification number one, the lamb stands even though he has been slain. You see, no lamb had ever come back from the dead. No sacrifice had ever survived the altar of sacrifice. And yet here is a lamb that stands having been slain. The Greek uses a perfect passive participle for slain to describe an event initiated in the past that has a future impact and ongoing result that makes it an eternal verb. A verb that shows that what has happened is not left alone to history. It reaches forever into the future. The lamb was slain, but he still bleeds. What has happened has a present impact. The lamb was slain, but he still stands. The lamb was slain. Whatever happened to him back then, it matters right now. The lamb was slain, and here he stands because he was slain. That's what the Greek means. But there's more to the lamb than being slain. The lamb now stands because the lamb is a lion. Dear heart, Jesus died in weakness. He was raised in the power of God. He is a lion. Qualification number two, the lamb has seven horns. A horn in the Bible represents power. The Bible describes in the Old Testament Jesus' power prophetically as coming from his nail-pierced hands in Habakkuk 3, verse 4. Let's look at the verse. It says, His brightness was like the light, rays flashed from his hand, and there he veiled his power. Now imagine Christ's hands. If you could just open his hand... According to that verse, there will be rays of light coming from the hole in his hand. Jesus' nail-pierced hand holds the power to save the universe and the sinner too. The word almighty in the Greek means the one who holds everything. It is a nail-pierced hand that holds your life. It is a nail-pierced hand that holds the universe. The Hebrew says literally, horns were from his hand. And there he veiled his power. Horns of powerful light shining from the hole in his hand. The nail-pierced hands of Jesus hold the power to heal. They hold the power to save, the power to lead, to guide and to keep you at the end of time. The nail-pierced hands of Jesus hold seven horns of perfect power. In Revelation 5.2, the question was asked, who is worthy to open the scroll? In Revelation 5.3, the answer is given, no created being in heaven or on earth, or under the earth, is able. Now, there has to be perfect power to open that scroll. It's God's hand that holds it tight. It takes perfect strength to unlock its seven seals, and no one was able, including the four living creatures, the most ancient and most powerful beings in the universe. But the Lamb is able because He has seven horns. Seven is the number for perfection in the Bible. The number seven in the Hebrew means literally an oath. And when God swears an oath, when He puts His word behind something, there is perfect power behind His promise. The number seven is the number for God's perfect promise and perfect covenant oath. The Sabbath is the seventh day because it is the promise day. It is the oath day, the covenant day. It is the sign that what He says He does. And when He said it is finished on the seventh day, Jesus said it at the cross because God's word can never be violated. Perfect power resides in the Lamb with seven horns. And it takes seven horns to open the scroll with seven seals. So if you're doubting God's power in your life, the Bible says Jesus has perfect power for you. Qualification number three, the Lamb has seven eyes. Now the eyes are the seven spirits of God that are sent out into the earth. There's no guessing at what this means. You see, the Lamb is the source of the Holy Spirit of God that permeates the universe in every direction. The perfect Spirit of God is here described as seven eyes because the mind of God is perfect and omnipresent. The Lamb is the source of the Spirit of God sent out into all the earth. What it basically means is Jesus knows everything about your life. Christ is able to see everything that needs to be seen. He knows when you're struggling. He knows when you feel overcome. He knows He died for you. And His eye sees deep within. And what He sees He can save. Revelation 5, 4, John said that no one was worthy to look into it, that is the scroll. In the Old Testament, if you looked inside the Ark of the Covenant, you died on the spot. Couldn't do it. So here stands a lamb that was dead, and he is worthy to open the book and look inside the scroll. He's able not only to open it, but to see what's inside. It takes seven eyes to see inside the scroll with seven seals, and the lamb can see everything there is to know about God. Seven eyes represent perfect sight. North, south, east, and west are four directions. Give me two more. Up and down. Five and six, right? But how many eyes are there? There are seven. There's one more direction. The seventh direction goes deep inside. It takes seven eyes to see everything and to see what is deep inside each of us, but more profoundly, what is deep inside the mind of God. And so the Lamb is the only one who can see inside the mind of God and the heart of God to reveal God to the universe that can't see. If you want to know who God is, you've got to know Jesus. I mean, this, this all religions lead to God business is silliness. There's not one prophet, there's not one religious leader in the history of this world who knows anything about God unless God reveals it to him through Jesus. The Bible says Christ is the true light that enlightens every man that comes in the world. There is no light without his light. And so the Lamb is the only one who can see inside of God. Philip asked Jesus the question just before the cross. The question that maybe you ask at times. He said to him, John fourteen eight, Lord, show us the Father.
0: Pastor Michael Oxentenco will continue in just a moment. Stay tuned. Reaching Your Heart is a listener-supported program. We step out in faith to purchase airtime on this station because we believe God is working through this radio ministry to touch tens of thousands of lives. Each of our messages is prayed over, biblical messages of hope and Bible truth. To continue, we need your support. We do not have a large ministry fundraising machine. We operate totally by faith call our toll-free number to make your contribution of any size today that number is 888-244-HOPE that's 888-244-4673 or you can stop by our website reachingyourheart.com that's reachingyourheart.com let's get back to the broadcast now here is pastor michael tenka with more of today's reaching your
1: heart john fourteen eight. lord show us the father and we will be satisfied. And Jesus said to him, Have I been with you so long, and yet you do not know me? Philip, he who has seen me, has seen the Father. Only Jesus can see deep inside of God to declare him with authority. Only he can look within the scroll. Christ is the revelation of who God is deep inside. It takes a lamb with seven eyes to open the scroll with seven seals. And three qualifications make the lamb uniquely worthy to open the scroll With seven seals. Let's review them. First, the lamb stands even though he has been slain. What does that mean? It means Jesus is a winner. Did you hear me? He's not a loser. He's a winner. The lamb stands even though he has been slain. First qualification. Number two, the lamb has seven horns of perfect power. The lamb is not weak. The lamb is not unable to help you. The lamb has perfect power to meet every need of your life. Third, the lamb has seven eyes that see deep within the mind of God. The lamb not only has power, he has understanding. Enough to empathize with your life. Enough to care for you in life. Enough to see the road and the outcome and to get you from here to forever. In verse 6, the lamb stands in three places and not just one. The original Greek indicates that the lamb stands in the center of the throne, place number one. And in the center of the four living creatures, place number two, and in the center of the 24 elders, three spots. He can move around. The Lamb embraces all of conscious existence in every being in the universe. The throne is the place of God, and the Lamb stands in the center of the throne because at the heart of what God is, it is Jesus. At the heart of God's throne, in the center of the throne, is the truth of God that is Jesus. And he came out of God to reveal the deepest part of God. The four living creatures are cherubim representing heavenly beings, and the Lamb stands in the midst of these ancient angelic beings. The 24 elders are resurrected saints with wreaths of victory, and the Lamb stands in the midst of humanity as well. You see, he embraces the entire universe here. The Lamb unites the universe because he embraces heaven and earth deep inside of his experience. He is the peace child of the universe. He is the cosmic glue that reconciles worlds that are far apart. He holds the fabric of time and eternity together through the knowledge of God that he possesses. And dear heart, if he can do that, he can hold you together. He can hold you together and your family together. The Bible teaches that the cross of Christ has united the sinless family of heaven and the fallen family of earth into one cosmic family again. Ephesians 1.9, For he has made known to us in all wisdom and insight The mystery of his will according to his purpose which God set forth in Christ. As a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things. The Greek word panta means the universe. To unite the entire universe in him. That things in heaven and things on earth. Jesus is the glue that holds the fabric of the universe together. And so the lamb stands in the place of God as God. He stands in the place of angels as their brother and commander. Before he was a human, he was the chief captain of the angels. And he stands in the place of humanity as the second Adam. As the senior brother of the human race, he is is the high priest you need to find God. We do not worship a fallen lamb. We do not worship a fallen angel. We worship a lion lamb that stands. At this point, verse 7 happens quickly. Revelation 5, 7. He went and he took the scroll from the right hand of him who was seated on the throne And when he had taken the scroll, the four living creatures and the twenty-four elders fell down before God, each holding a harp with a golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints. In Revelation 4, only the twenty-four elders fall down. Before the Lamb appears, only these human beings who have tasted the victory of God fall down. But when the four living creatures see the Lamb standing, when they see Him entering the heavenly sanctuary, when they see Him coming to take the scroll, when they see Him opening the scroll, now for the very first time in the Bible, they fall down. And they are not falling down before the Father in the context. They fall down before the Lamb. The heavenly universe for the very first time falls down and worships a lion lamb. Angel perfection was not enough to keep Lucifer from sinning, and angel perfection is not enough to keep the four living creatures from sinning. The cross of Christ and the Lamb of God is the reason they bow down. When Jesus entered heaven after his resurrection, the universe was moved. They realized the truth had been declared at the cross of Christ, they realized that Satan was unmasked as a liar. They realized that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself. That the great love of God emptied heaven's bank account. That the great God who has everything had nothing after the cross. That he gave it all. And John 3.16 became a cosmic truth in the mind of unfallen beings. For God so loved the world that he gave. And suddenly the fabric of worship is transformed. A cosmic wave moves through the universe, changing the old age into something new. The scroll in the hand of God is really a hymnal that could not be opened by anyone but Jesus. There was a secret song inside that book that no one could sing until Jesus revealed the truth about God that deepened the nature of worship in the heart of sinless beings. The cross of Christ is the only meditation that will keep angels from falling away from all eternity. It saves us from sin. It saves them from sinning. Something new mixes with the old in this new song from the open book. Verse 11, Revelation 5. Then I looked, and I heard around the throne and the living creatures and the elders the voice of many angels, numbering myriads of myriads and thousands of thousands, saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and might and honor and glory and blessing. Song of the Lamb is the song of moral praise and power. Christ has received from His Father all power on heaven and earth for the purpose of saving sinners. He said in Matthew 28, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The Lamb has received power and wealth and wisdom and might. But the list is bigger than this. Honor, glory, and blessing represents praise for character, moral virtues that has deepened heaven's music and understanding of God forever. In the Lamb, they see God as a being with a heart who can be blessed. They see God as a person who can be honored because His character deserves it. In Jesus, God can be blessed as a merciful and gracious being who is just, but merciful and gracious more than He is just who loved us more than he loved his law so that he gave himself because his law could be never changed. And while evil exists in the universe, the song of praise is not yet universal. You see, we are between today and the world that will be still yet. Because of the cross of Christ, the heavenly universe has a new song to sing. They're singing, they're partying, they're in festal gathering because they know what has happened. I mean, this notion that Jesus has not won the great controversy at the cross, is utter foolishness. The universe knows they have thrown their lot with Christ and God. But dear heart, no one down here, a lot of people down here don't have the clue yet. They understand up there the truth about God and the cross of Calvary, but down here there are plenty of men and women who don't have it straight at all. There is a deceiver down here, and so there is need for one more song to be sung. There is a future when every person's heart will agree. In verse 13, John hears the music of the distant future that's coming to us when sin and sinners will be no more and perfect praise will fill the universe at last. The song will then shift from the Son of God to the Father of the Son, who is God and Lord of all. The character of God will be praised along with His power. And the new song will ever deepen as we grow to know God more deeply because of the cross of Jesus Christ. In Revelation 5, 13, and 14, I heard every living creature in heaven. And on earth, and under the earth, and in the sea, and all therein saying, To him who sits upon the throne, to the Lamb, be blessing, and honor, and glory, and might forever and ever. And the four living creatures said, Amen. And the elders fell down and worshipped.
0: That will conclude the sealed scroll and the secret song number 11 in the Cosmic Controversy series and it is available online at reachingyourheart.com. Thanks for listening today. Are you fascinated by the prophecies of Revelation? Have you wished you could understand prophecy better? Do the symbols of the Bible's last book baffle you? God's Last Altar Call is just the book you need. Mark Finley clearly explains the events soon to unfold in this world. Be sure to call today for your copy, 888-244-HOPE. That's 888-244-4673. The book is yours for a donation of any size. Thank you for your generosity. Your donations keep this ministry on the air. Again, thank you for your support. 888-244-HOPE That's 888-244-4673 If you would like to listen to this message again, it is available for you at reachingyourheart.com Once again, reachingyourheart.com There are many messages available along with this broadcast as well. Thanks for listening today and as always, we want you to know that we do pray that God is reaching your heart.